Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Welcome to the Saturday Slam and Jam. Hosted by Andrew Schlicht with Alex Spears. How about we can just watch basketball? That's a man's jam! I like that idea. Live from Oklahoma. Click, click. With questions and participants from all around the world. Anthony Edwards! Put that on a poster! Whether you're flipping your flapjacks, tending to your yard, or just sipping your coffee, get ready, sit back, relax. It's the Saturday Slam and Jam. Back is, I missed this shot, I walk away, I'm still a chump. Here's Andrew. Welcome to the Saturday Slam and Jam. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. Please go to theathletic.com slash NBA show and get The Athletic for half off. Still, you can get it for half off. Lots of great stuff at The Athletic. There's even an article about the Ben Simmons-Kyrie Irving swap. And like, does anybody want either of those problems? I don't know. Go check that out. Go read it. Uh, with me, as always, is my good friend, Alex Spears. Alex, preseason. We're, we're fully kicked into preseason. What's a... Uh, what is what's caught your eye this week? Uh, something very important has caught my eye, Andrew, because it is okay. preseason, which is uh, typically the part of the year where you try to f- see if you can find any nuggets that might make you f- be higher or lower on a team. And this all leads to a very big question, Andrew, predicting the next surprise team, because one yeah. of my greatest regrets in life was taking <laughs> the Knicks under last year. Mm-hmm. Nick's over under last season was 21 and a half wins. I thought they would win less than that, Andrew. I thought they'd win less than 21 and a half. Wow. And when, and you did too, by the way. When I took wow. the under, even more of a wow. <laughs> when I took the under on our other podcast, Down to Dunk, I even asked you this trivia question. I said, What is the fewest number of wins a Tom Thibodeau coach team has ever won over a full season? The answer was 31. Despite wow. that trivia question, despite it was what it was trying to tell me, I still predicted that they would win less than 21 and a half games. <laughs> the Knicks, of course, would go on to win 41 games, make the playoffs, revitalize the Knicks brand. And bring me unimaginable shame. Well, Andrew, I'm here to tell you that I'm not going to let that happen again. In fact, okay. today on this show, I am going to reveal who is this year's surprise team. The team that is going to exceed all expectations. How will I do this, Andrew? Well, first, by looking at some history. This week, I learned about a website called SportsOddsHistory.com. Have you heard of that? Okay, No. All right. Well, as the name implies, this website provides historical sports odds. So you can look up over-unders, odds to make the playoffs, championship odds from years gone by. And obviously, basketball reference has some of this as well. So I went back 20 seasons, all the way back to the 2001-2002 season. I then went through every single season, searching for teams like last year's Knicks, who were predicted to be bad, but vastly exceeded expectations. I looked at every team over the past 20 years that had a preseason over-under of less than 36 wins. And I chose that number because over that 20-year span, the worst record to ever make the playoffs was the 2004 Boston Celtics, who were 36 and 46. Mm -hmm. In other words, if you had a preseason over-under less than 36 wins, I could assume that no one was really taking you all that seriously. Now, among that group, I then searched for teams that had exceeded that over-under by at least 10 wins. And what I found will shock you, Andrew. (laughs) Over that 20-year span, there were 34 teams that met that criteria. More than one per season. So that means they had a preseason over under less than 36, but that they won at least 10 more games than that Mm. bad over under. And I'll refer to these as surprise teams going forward. Now, there was an average of 1.7 surprise teams per season, and these teams won an average of 14.7 games more than their preseason over-under. There were only two seasons, 2010-11, 2016-17, that didn't have any surprise teams. It only happened twice. So that means the other 18 
seasons, there was at least one team, and there were multiple seasons where there were three teams. Okay. Now, we're about to be surprised, is what you're telling us. You're about to be surprised. Now, looking over that list of 34 teams, there are some classics in there, Andrew. Can you guess which team most exceeded their over-under, which they did by 27 and a half wins? Was It'll it be, the Thunder? It was not, although it probably would have been if that season hadn't been cut short by COVID. Yeah. It probably would have been that team. No, well, was, I was thinking, no, I was thinking of the 2010 Thunder that won 50 games. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll have to bring up my spreadsheet, Andrew, because that's not the answer, but that is a good guess. <laughs> the actual answer, and you'll know this one right when you hear it, it was, okay, they were actually projected to win 33 and a half that year when they won 50. Okay, gotcha. Uh, it was the 2013-2014 Phoenix Suns. Remember oh, that yeah. team? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dragic. The, the Dragic, yeah. Tucker, Fry, Morris Twins, Bledsoe, Plumley. I, I forgot about Plumley. Mm-hmm. That team, of course, they missed the playoffs despite winning 48 games. A surprise. That's Miles Plumley, right? Uh, yes. Not Mason. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, they were a surprise. They had that surprise season. They would capitalize on it, of course, by trading for Isaiah Thomas <laughs> to pair with fellow point guards Goran Dragic and Eric Bledsoe, all leading to the famous last minute trade deadline day deal that next season that was so ridiculous, Woj could only tweet, Good Lord. Yep. Okay, anywho, back to the whole point of this is we just try to figure out who will be this year's surprise team. First, who are the yeah. candidates? Mm-hmm. There are only eight teams this year with an over-under less than 36, and this is according to betmgm.com. From lowest yeah. to highest, we have Orlando, Oklahoma City, Detroit, Cleveland, Houston, San Antonio, Washington, and Minnesota. One of those teams is going to be a surprise team. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's... When I say surprise, Andrew, it's not just beating their over-under. They have to win at least 10 games more than their over-under. So let's start Mm -hmm. whittling them down. Mm -hmm. Now, going back to the 34 surprise teams over the past 20 years, the average preseason over-under was 29.7 wins. In fact, there were only four surprise teams with a over-under less than 24. Of course, one of them was last year's Knicks, but we have to whittle it somehow, Andrew. So based on this, I'm crossing off Orlando and Oklahoma City who both have an over-under less than 24. Do you feel okay about that so far? Cross them off. Get them out of here. Cross them off. That leaves us... uh, Oh, actually, that leaves us with six teams. So now let's look at the coaches. Would you believe that 68% of the surprise teams had coaches who were in their first or second year of coaching that team? 85% were in one of their first three seasons with that team. Hmm. Based on this, I am crossing off Detroit and San Antonio. Gone. Okay. Wow. I've whittled it down because uh, Detroit, their coach is in their fourth year. Pop, obviously, he's in his like whatever year, <laughs> more than four. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Dwayne Casey, he's entering his fourth season. So I'm, I'm cutting him off there. That okay. leaves us with four teams Cleveland, Houston, Washington, and Minnesota. What yeah. about finish in the prior season? On average, surprise teams finish between 11th and 12th in their conference in the season prior to them breaking out. Only four were playoff teams the previous season. Based on that, I'm crossing off the Wizards. Okay, we are now down to three teams, okay. Andrew. Cleveland, <laughs> Houston, and Minnesota. It's going to uh, be one of the Okay, teams. okay. And, well, listen, I know you're dubious, but this is the I'm point. Dubious. Like, last year, I would have felt insane saying that the Knicks were going to win 10 more games than their over-under. It would have seemed yeah. unbelievable. To me at the time. We both took the under, Andrew. I agree. I just don't know if I agree with some of your whittling, but carry on. You oh, who would you well, I'll ask you at the end who you would take. Okay. okay. We're now down to three teams: Cleveland, Houston, Minnesota. At this point, uh, I have to go with my gut a little bit. <laughs> this is where it becomes less scientific. <laughs> you almost have to, yeah. I, I'm crossing off the Rockets, okay? They've brought in a lot of young talent over the past 12 months, and while there are yeah. examples of surprise teams having rookies heavily involved, such as the rookie seasons of Carmelo Anthony, Chris mm-hmm. Paul, Brandon Jennings, Jabari Parker, all those guys played like huge minutes for the teams who were surprise teams. It's very mm-hmm. rare to find a surprise team that has multiple rookies logging big minutes. So yeah. you factor in Houston's incentive to land another top pick, knowing that they owe OKC picks in the future. I'm crossing them off. Yeah. That leaves us Cleveland and Minnesota. Ooh. Now, what do these teams have in common, Andrew? They both desperately want to win, right? We They do. There. 
They are they both do. teams with young cores that are relatively established, at least compared to like a Houston. Like we're, we're familiar mm-hmm. with the Cleveland core and the Minnesota core. Yeah. One sure. coach is in his first full season. One coach is in his second full season. Mm-hmm. Now, my head is telling me to go with Minnesota. Chris Finch yeah. impressed after taking over midway through last season. He actually led the Wolves to a 16-20 and 20 record post-All-Star break as their best players were finally able to play together. But as much as this makes me uncomfortable, Andrew. You're not. My gut is telling me it's much more likely that Cleveland wins 37 games than it is for Minnesota to win 45 games, which is what would have to happen. There's no way this exercise is going to end up with me feeling confident about my pick, okay? (laughs) There's no way. (laughs) Well, I think the way you can feel confident, though, is East versus West, right? You would think that, but it was actually completely evenly split 15 and 15 over the past Well, I'm just... I understand, but I'm just saying that like there's there's still lots of more teams to beat up in the East it, than there is it, in the West. It's true. While the you know the East is very top loaded, I do feel like once you get to the middle, it gets very wishy washy. Yeah. So I want to tell you why I think Cleveland is the best option. They okay. have a manageable over under. They have multiple young players prime for breakout season. Mm-hmm. Mobley was one of my favorite players in the draft. And they yeah. fit the profile of some other surprise teams where the defense could potentially carry them. So with all that said, I am predicting, Andrew, that the Cleveland Cavaliers will not just beat their over-under, they will be this year's surprise team and win at least 37 games. This wow. Season. Now, who would wow. you have taken from that eight? Well, I'm just a, just a little surprised. That, I mean, I don't know that the Spurs have a lot going on, but like Pop has a history of taking a group of guys that don't have any business winning games and going and winning games. He does, but they're over under. So they're over under is 28 and a half, which means they would have yeah. to be 39 wins. They would need 39 wins. And yeah, in the West, in the West, that would just felt like too much to go down that. Road. I don't, I don't disagree. I just, they just felt like they were knocked off early. Um, and then I, Detroit's kind of interesting. They're kind of interesting compared they, to some of these other teams. They are kind of interesting. And I, I did consider them a lot because they also have a very manageable over-under. They would only have to win 35 games. That doesn't yeah. sound crazy. So It doesn't sound crazy. You know, yeah. if you're going, if you're going to bet on two teams, I do think it would be one of Detroit or Cleveland. And again, mm-hmm. there, there are outliers in this because like we said, like the Knicks were kind of an outlier because they were only projected to win 21 and a half games. But I, I don't know. I was trying to find a team that was most representative of the average surprise yeah. team going back over these. Yeah, and then you have like the Ben Simmons element too, because like the the Timberwolves are like ultra thirsty for Ben Simmons. And let's let's say they pull off a Ben Simmons trade, and you have Cat Simmons and Edwards. That. Yes, yes, yes. Like that. Like all right, they're gonna do. Like I would say they're gonna do it. I think that Simmons is good enough to help buoy that team up. I would. I almost feel like that would be cheating, though. It's. It is. That is. It is definitely cheating. But it is a factor that's at play, because I think, especially that you have this interim GM who has to prove himself, right? And if you want to impress a Rod, like I think a Rod wants to see a splash, don't you think? I absolutely think he wants to see a splash, but. When you think about the realistic trade offers that the Timberwolves would eventually have to make, like I, I just, I don't know. I, even even if they got Ben Simmons, like they're going to have to give up something decent. Eventually, there's going to be somebody who wants Ben Simmons, right? Yeah, I think so. And I, and I just think that if they're willing, basically, if they're willing to give up Russell, a wing prospect, and like lots of picks, I think they'll do it. Yeah. Listen, I factored it in, but uh, felt like cheating. They're also in the West, and Minnesota winning forty-five games would be. Uh, <laughs> it would be. It would be a surprise. It would definitely be a surprise. And what that's, it would be. That's like barely doing it because again, I told you, like the average team won fourteen more games than their over under. Yeah, yeah. I also wonder about Washington, just because they've completely changed the structure of their team, and you have Beal with like tons of depth now. And guys that will fit around him. And if they can stay healthy, they have a new coach. 
there, there's a lot of things in Washington that could work in their favor for them to be a surprise team. Now their over under is a little bit higher, which would be yeah, so be more difficult like for them to get games. The, yeah, which is not completely unreasonable. I don't think that's completely unreasonable in the Eastern Conference with the type of depth that they have. Like somebody's going to have a crazy season, like the Knicks did last year. Right. And it could like it wouldn't surprise me if it was Washington. I think Beal is good enough, and I think that having depth, especially in this like shortened off season, like we are coming off a very short off season up against another short off season, like depth really helps. It really helped the Hawks last year to have a lot of depth, and this year the Wizards have a ton of it. Uh, and so that that to me is is another team that I would at least think a little bit harder on. But I could I could see it being Minnesota either way, even without Ben Simmons. I could I could see them jumping up just because Cat, you know, from all indications, he's like fully locked in and fully locked in on basketball, which he hasn't been in what seems like you know a couple of years. Well, I'm sticking with my Cavs prophecy, okay, um, because of how bad it makes me feel, and I feel like <laughs> I need so to bad. I need to lean into that <laughs> because it's. <laughs> It might be something weird like that. Yeah, they're just such a weird hodgepodgey team. Like it's just really hard to know how to feel about them. I agree, but yeah. got to be someone. It's it's got to be somebody. Uh, that's that's very interesting. Uh, okay, so my segment is going to be on fantasy basketball, uh, but we'll get to that in a second, Alex. Before I wanted to just drop a couple storylines from last year's preseason that just tells you like. Don't pay attention to preseason. Like, don't don't mm. fall into the trap of preseason. A couple of preseason traps that people fell into last year. This is from an, another another a uh, inside. It's from inside sport, just individual sport. Okay. Inside sport preseason storyline. Seku Demboya stars in Knicks Pistons game. Ooh. So, in what could be a preview of the Pistons youth movement for the upcoming season, Seiko Dumboya, one of the team's most promising prospects, was the top performer in their win over the New York Knicks. Dumboya scored 23 points in that game. And they talk about Seiko being one of the, the pillars of the Detroit rebuild. And then you get to this offseason, and they can't give the guy away. Uh, so yeah, it was very funny seeing uh, a few tweets after Houston made the trade and like, Hey, that's a nice flyer, you know, rebuilding team. Like five minutes yeah. later, they waved him it's yeah. over. <laughs> and he's gone and yeah. they, they don't want it, which is just, it's interesting. He's 20 years old. He's got really good length. He's a good athlete and it's a little confusing that a rebuilding team wouldn't just want to take a flyer on him, like at least bring him into camp. Like there's still time, like play him two preseason games and see if he's got anything. But there's obviously more behind the scenes that we don't know about with him that just made people just shun him. So that's, it was interesting to, to see that as a storyline. Uh, next preseason storyline uh, Kobe White and Zach Levine lead the Bulls to victory. The Bulls' new starting backcourt of Kobe White and Zach Levine showed off their potential as a duo, combining for 43 points and 10 assists in the team's victory over the Houston Rockets. So people were pretty pumped about the the Kobe White Zach Levine duo, which you can count that may as never half, right with may uh, never be talked about ever again. <laughs> it may not, but I would count that as half right because you know maybe they were predicting the breakout season that Zach Levine had. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, last one. Rodney Hood returns as Blazers oh, new no. recruit shines. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, Rodney Hood had a, a big time preseason game too last year and uh, people are getting hyped for Rodney Hood. He was a, Hood he was back. part of one of the surprise teams because it was the year the Jazz brought in as rookies Dante Exum. Of course, he was their lottery pick. But then yep. they had Rodney Hood and Joe Ingles, all as rookies oh, in the same yeah, year, yeah, and that yeah. was they were one of the teams. And that was Quinn Snyder's first year, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, watch out for some of these preseason storylines. Is the uh, are you suggesting that I, I I need to delete some of my Josh Giddy tweets? <laughs> oh, I don't know. We'll we'll see. We'll find out. Actually, don't. I'm actually huge on Josh Giddy, but uh, perhaps it could be just me falling into uh, 
some inside sport preseason <laughs> preseason hype. Another trap. Uh, another trap. Okay, Al. It's it's preseason, which also means it's fantasy basketball season. And if you're looking to play fantasy basketball, you should check out the Sleeper app because they have redefined fantasy basketball uh, for everybody, which is good news for uh, some of our friends, Al, who participate and then just completely fall off because they, they get lost in all the, the busy work of the season. So go download the Sleeper app and check it out today. It's really it's a slick app. It's super slick. Uh, but today we're checking out guards, uh, specifically guards that you should draft for this upcoming season. So uh, I'll go with my first guard that I think is probably a little underrated going into this season. And it's Fred Van Vliet from the Toronto Raptors. Uh, Fred is typically being drafted 44th overall in most drafts. And he, the thing about him is that he's going to have a ton of opportunity with Kyle Lowry gone. You know, last season, just looking at his raw numbers, he was 19 points per game, six assists, four boards. And he can stand to improve those type of numbers. He's 36% from three. He made three threes per game. The guy was a stat sheet stuffer last year going into uh, his 20 year 27, um, his age 27 season. Like this is his prime. And I think that this could be a huge year for Fred Van Vliet. So I would, I would take him much earlier than that. I think that he is going to be super valuable. He's not the biggest name, but he's going to outperform a lot of the bigger names out there. Well, I'll hold you to that because me and Andrew are in a fantasy league together. So uh, we are. put your money where your mouth is, Andrew. <laughs> okay, I will. Take him I will. first. Well, I will. <laughs> uh, my next one, Al. Hmm. Shea Gildas Alexander, who is typically being taken in the late second round, so it's not like he's being forgotten or left behind, but there's another one that's just going to have a ton of opportunity because if you look up and down the Thunder roster and you ask yourself, who is going to score? Like, who, who is going to reliably score for this Oklahoma City Thunder team? And you look at Shea's stats from last year, highly, highly efficient on 23 points per game, almost five boards, six assists per game. And he's making two threes a game, 41, almost 42% from three. Like the guy was outrageous. He's getting points in the paint. Uh, he's, he's just a very, very helpful player. And you could see the points tick up. You could see the assists tick up for him. I think he's going to have the ball a lot. And hopefully he'll be healthy. That was the biggest thing for him last year. He only played 35 games, which would be – the reason to be most hesitant about him, especially playing for a team that we know wants to have another high lottery pick. So if he does have any sort of small injury, he will, they will hold him out. Like they're not going to let him play through it. He, they're not going to like Bradley Beal him through this. So that would be the only reason for hesitancy. But I think that you could take him higher in the second round just because I think the stats are going to be worth it for him. Yeah, I think the other concern is we, we saw it in the first preseason game where he was getting doubled, and he's going to be getting that a lot mm-hmm. this season because there's not a ton of guys you're worried about. So do his turnovers go up as a result? And the other thing is, like, can he improve on his assist numbers when they've brought in someone like Josh Giddy, who we expect to be racking up a lot of assists as well? It's a great question, and I still think he will. I just think he's, he's going to be better. Uh, he looks a lot bigger too, just physically. I think he's a lot stronger. So I just expect him to, one, get through the season. And then I, I just think his stats are going to blow up. I think he's going to have all-star type stats. My last guard, Al, Devontae Graham, who got traded to the New Orleans Pelicans this summer. He's going to start for the Pelicans. He's going to play with Zion and he's going to just bomb threes. The guy took a ton of threes last year for Charlotte. He took almost 500 threes last season. And he's going to take maybe even more for the Pelicans. Like He averaged his second season nine threes per game last year, 8.7 threes per game, hitting 37% two years in a row. So if he can replicate that, like he's going to get you a ton of threes. I think that he can get you a lot of points. And I think that he has shown that like, he, he's improved as a playmaker, too, from his first season. He had seven and a half assists in his second season, down to 5.4 last season. But I think he can bounce back up 
and he's going to be somebody that the Pelicans are invested in. You know, they, they're kind of putting a lot of weight on this working. So to me, they're going to give this every shot to work and he's going to get a lot of minutes and a lot of shots for the Pelicans. So Devonte Graham, who's more, more of a deep sleeper than the other guys that I had, uh, he's going, uh, in like the seventh round. I think you can easily take him earlier than that. I think a little bit like buddy healed in the way that we think about Devonte Graham and buddy healed, it's like, huh, like are those guys really helping you win? Like how good are those guys? Maybe they're a little overrated as players, but we're talking fantasy. We're talking just pure stats. And I think that this guy is somebody that's being overlooked. Well, Andrew, I came up with a couple of sleepers. Now, you said deep sleepers. We're talking the seventh round, Andrew. I'm going deep. You're going deeper? <laughs> I'm going really deep. First one up, one of your favorites, Derek White. Yeah. Current ADP 106.3. He is solid across the board. He he's uh, you know, a shooting guard. Last year 15 mm-hmm. 3 and 3 with two threes per game. That was with DeMar DeRozan. Now DeRozan's gone. He'll likely be the starter. He's been starting the preseason. Here's the thing why he's so interesting. From the shooting guard position last year, he averaged a block per game. And it's not just like this fluke thing. He did it the year before, 0.9 blocks per game. He, he's one of these guys that has potential as one of the rare one 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 guys who can get you a three per game, steal per game, block per game. That was kind of like the Danny mm-hmm. Green thing. He's mm-hmm. going in the eighth. I would be targeting him sixth or seventh. And then two other guys. First, Nikhil Alexander-Walker going way yeah. later. He's going in the 12th round. I almost had him, man. He was one that I, that I really looked at, too. I think both of these, honestly, I think that both these Pelicans guards, you can take them and feel pretty good about it. You could. And I don't think he's going to pick up the kind of numbers he's putting up in the preseason. He's averaging over 20 yeah. points per game, 47% from three, six free throw attempts per game. But he's going to get mm-hmm. so much more playing time. He was averaging 20 minutes per game last year. Now, you know, you have Lonzo gone. There's going, and you have Bledsoe gone. There's going to be so much more opportunity for him. And the last guy, another guy you love, ADP 476.1. Ooh. DeAnthony Melton. Yeah, baby. Let's He's, go. He is basically free in drafts right now. Target him as a late-round flyer. He has started both preseason games for the Grizz. Maybe even a free agent, Al. Wait, what? He could even pick him up after oh, the draft I, as a free agent. I thought you were breaking news about him <laughs> leaving the Grizzlies. He's leaving. They waived him. <laughs> uh well, yeah, don't wait for that. Just take him, you know, one of your last few rounds because this is a guy who's starting on a team where he's going to get a ton of opportunities, we think, we yeah. hope, based on how he played last year. And he had the type yeah. of game last year where you could foresee. That's the whole point we were talking about him. This guy could blow up if he got more opportunities. So go grab some yeah. mountain. Yeah, get some D'Anthony Melton. I'm 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 full in on on that. Get get D'Anthony Melton. All right, Andrew. In lieu of birthdays this week, because I didn't realize we were going back to the every week schedule, and I used up all my birthdays from last week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have a new game for you. These are okay. a preseason favorites game. Now this comes from SportsOddsHistory.com. I'm going to give you a prompt from one of the last couple seasons. You're going to tell me who had the best odds to be that team at the time so for instance the first one who had the best odds last year to be the eastern conference champion preseason who did we all pick who had the best odds 76ers it was the milwaukee bucks was it okay kind of surprised me yeah last year who had the best odds to have the worst record in the nba other than the knicks this team was actually tied with the knicks who was that team <laughs> Was that the Thunder? It was the Cleveland Cavaliers. Was it really? I yeah. Thought it was, huh. I okay. Know. Now going back Breakout. two years, 2019, 2020, who had the best odds to be the NBA champion? So this was the bubble season. This was the so bubble in, season. In preseason, who had the best odds to be the NBA champion? Hmm. That's a, that's a really good question. It makes me think it wasn't the Lakers, but I'll say the Lakers. You had the city right. It was the Los Angeles Clippers. Clippers. Best odds. Man. Final one, going back one more year, so the mm-hmm. year before the bubble. Who mm-hmm. had the best odds to be Eastern Conference champion? So this was the year Toronto won. Mm-hmm. Preseason, who was the pick for Eastern Conference champion? 
<laughs> is this the Sixers? No, it's the Boston no. Celtics. Of course. <gasps> oh, wow. Sheesh. Man, I was really, really bad at that game. You know what else is really, really bad? The Orlando Magic. And we're about to talk to our guy, Josh Robbins. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms or restrictions apply. I'd like to welcome Josh Robbins to the podcast. Josh is the beat reporter at The Athletic, uh, reporting on the Orlando Magic. Josh, how's it going? I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to be here. This is, I think, only the second time I've been on a podcast since I started at The Athletic three years ago. Yeah, we're so glad to have you. Yeah. And excited excited to talk about the mystery that is the Orlando Magic to us. Like we we want to kind of get through some of this some of these questions and, and and figure out who these guys are. So our first question is about the new coach. So as someone who has covered this team through a ton of coaching regimes, what has stood out to you about Jamal Mosley and his approach compared to previous coaches? Well, he's relentlessly positive, which is not unlike what Jock Vaughn was like, uh, mm-hmm. but he's also working his way into drills himself when he's trying to make a teaching point, which is something I haven't really seen before. Uh, I've seen Stan Van Gundy dribble, but that was at a charity event <laughs> as like a, a youth camp. <laughs> and and uh, Stan at that time, he dribbling between his legs, around his back, all. but Jamal Mosley is, is actually helping to work out guys He's making teaching points, sliding into drills, doing defensive slides, I think. Uh, it's going to be real. He's got – Jamal Mosley, I think, has got one of the most difficult coaching jobs in the league, not, be, yeah. not because he's being expected to win. As a matter of fact, he's not expected to win, but in many ways, that's the most difficult job of all because mm-hmm. you have to keep your guys together and cohesive, and it's a young group. So he doesn't have an easy job. Yeah. Yeah. We, and we've seen that in Oklahoma city with Mark Degnault, who had a year, has had a year under his belt coaching the team and actually like saw some, like some fruit from, from the, exactly what you're talking about. He had guys whenever they were in the midst of, I think a 12 game losing streak where Ty Jerome was like asked, like, what's it like? Basically like throwing him like a life raft, like how horrible is your life right now? Losing 12 games in a row. And he said, like, everything is actually actually great. Like, we're, we're doing great. And a lot of it, I think, goes to the coach and the environment that Thunder created, which is, like, it's so intentional. Like, you have to be incredibly intentional to make that happen. So, yeah, it is, it is a difficult job for, for Mosley there. Josh, we wanted to ask you about the Magic 2 lottery picks, Jalen Suggs and Franz Wagner. They've played two preseason games thus far what are your early impressions of those lottery picks and how they'll fit into the rotation this year? So, so Suggs is super gritty, tough, tough. There's not a screen. He doesn't like to run through not one. Mm-hmm. Uh, he hasn't really produced much offensively so far. I think he's being smart and maybe trying a little too much to fit in, but I think he's a natural playmaker. Uh, he'll improve the defense at point of attack. He's a better defender than Cole Anthony or Markel Fultz. Franz Wagner is more of a mystery because he's nowhere close to being fully formed, but the magic view him as down the line as their version of Mikhail Bridges, you know, the perfect complementary player, someone who is super smart on offense and on defense can guard one through four. And maybe one day, once he gets 
strong and he's no longer 20 years old, might be able to guard fives. For now, he will be a supporting cast member for sure, and it would be nice to see him hit a shot, but they're very high on Franz Wagner too. He, both guys will be in the rotation. Jalen Suggs, I, at least for as long as Markel Fultz is out, will be, I think, the starter at point guard. Mm-hmm. Remains to be seen if that happens, if I'm right. <laughs> Maybe you didn't have the right person on the show uh, here. Um but they're going to play heavily, heavily. Yeah, last season, it seemed like Markel Fultz was setting up for like a long-term starting guard position on the team. And then later that year, the Magic backcourt suddenly was crowded with a top five pick in Jalen Suggs. Uh, how do you expect the Magic to handle Fultz's return and his fit in the backcourt? So the Athletic has reported uh, back, I think I'm, media day that neither faults nor Jonathan Isaac will be cleared in time for the season opener. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to be ultra cautious with both guys. There's little doubt about that. And I think they will be more cautious with Isaac than with faults because Isaac had a more se- serious knee injury and a larger history of injury troubles with his knee. Mm-hmm. Uh, with regard to faults, I-, I think they're going to ease him back in. They won't, they wouldn't just start him at right away. They'll ease him in. And I think the the one person whose minutes would drop would probably be Cole Anthony. And to mm-hmm. an extent, RJ Hampton, if that means Jalen Suggs plays a lot more off the ball. Uh, sure. But that's going to be one of the most intriguing situations on the team, right? Uh, these are all yeah. three players who are point guards. I mean, they can play mm-hmm. off the ball, but they need the ball in their hands. That's where they're best. Yep. One of the yet another thing that makes Jamal Mosley's job tough. Yeah, absolutely. So, in addition to the two lottery picks from this summer's draft, they have this large collection of young talent. You've been doing a series on the Athletic, asking scouts about the Magic's other young players, guys like R.J. Hampton, Wendell Carter Jr., Mo Bamba, Cole Anthony, Chuma Okiki. As an outsider. I- it's so weird because I usually have very strong opinions on like the young cores of other teams. And I have a really hard time differentiating these guys, like who I should be high on. So of those players, who, who did you find that scouts <laughs> seem to be the highest on? Interesting. I hadn't quite thought of it that way. I think they're hot. So they haven't evaluated Suggs or Franz Wagner yet. They just haven't right. seen, they just haven't seen them enough in the pro game. But it's interesting to me that they, they are higher on R.J. Hampton uh, perhaps than I expected them to be. Uh, hmm. And in retrospect, now that I have heard what the scouts have to say, it makes sense because R.J. has certain skills that are immediately identifiable. He's, he's super fast, super, probably the fastest player the Magic have had in 10 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, super athletic. He's got a lot of holes to fill in his game. He's very raw, but that was that was really intriguing to me. And they were, for the most part, down on Mo Bamba. I'll be interested to see how the scouts feel at midseason, whether Mo can can turn around that those perceptions. Um, Wendell Carter, they think, solid player. And you're right. It's tough to differentiate these guys. And and part of the reason is Jonathan Isaac and Fultz have been hurt. Right. I'm, I'm really interested in Chumo Kiki because, you know, the story on him coming into that draft was, you know, if he hadn't had the ACL tear, this would be a guy that would have been taken decently high in the lottery. And so then he missed his whole rookie season. He comes back last year. What are the expectations for him? Like what kind of role is he expected to have on the next good magic team? Mm. See, that is a, see, that's a fascinating question because how long is it till they become a good team? Right. right? And, and, <laughs> that's a really and, good question. And it's also interesting for a second reason, that when scouts talk and executives for other teams talk about young players, they say, well, would he be a starter on a good team, a high-level team? That's really a lot of the way they judge or, or forecast or project young people. It's interesting to hear them talk. I mean, it really is. Uh, so on a good Magic team, they see Chuma as um, probably a, a seventh man, sixth, seventh man. Okay. Uh, and I mentioned how 
the Magic think Franz Wagner can become the ultimate complimentary guy. Well, you know, Chuma isn't that far off because more mm-hmm. than any young player I've seen while covering the Magic, he has a feel for the game, the offensive game that I think is unmatched um, in the sense that he knows his strengths, he knows his weaknesses, he plays to those strengths and avoids those weaknesses. So mm-hmm. he's a very intriguing player uh, from my perspective, uh, who's also fun to watch because he's so smart. He's so smart. And um, in, in a strange way, it's almost a shame that he's a four because you'd want to see how those smarts uh, manifest themselves if he were a one. Now, he's not a, he's not a point guard, he's six foot eight. Mm-hmm. He's not a dribbler or creator, but um, another interesting person to, to follow. Yeah, I'd encourage everyone to go read uh, the series you've been doing because it, it was really helpful for an outsider to learn more about these guys. And I have to say, the Magic fans are like the nicest commenters in the world because I was all, I would always scroll <laughs> down and read the comments on each article. And they're just like the nicest people in the world. I was I was surprised. Usually the comments section is just a mess. Uh, well, thank. I guess uh, since I live in Orlando, I guess I should say thank you for saying that. <laughs> Um, you know, that it's kind of, um, at odds with my experience driving on I-4 the other day when I was kind of, I was in a rental car and I was getting on the interstate and some lady behind me was flipping me off. Like you wouldn't believe I was going, I couldn't believe it. I guess she's not a magic fan. Um, you know, sometimes, sometimes she's definitely not in the comments section on the athletic. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Um, she's certainly not a fan. If she were commenting on my driving, we, we'd know what she had to say. I was in a rental car for goodness sake. I yeah, couldn't crash it. Couldn't crash it. Um, yes. Yeah, so, you know, for recently they have been um, very nice and, you know, things can change of course on Twitter, right? right. Nothing like yeah, anonymity yeah. Um, to give you a kind of a nastiness boost, but you know, the fans and especially our readers, God bless them. I mean, I'm so indebted to them. They, they've just been lovely to me and, uh, yeah. Now there have been cases where they've been ticked off at me <laughs> and um, there's, you know, there's that there's value in that too. You know, that's part of my job too, to just to be honest. And I can't, I don't write to, now I'm getting too far in the, in the weeds here. I'm sorry. I don't write to make people <laughs> okay. happy. I try to write to make them informed. And I guess I am a little surprised that they aren't more, pushing back at some of these uh, assessments of the young players because in none of the cases did the scout say, oh, this guy's a future all-star. Right, yeah. Yeah. And and so I am surprised that more people aren't ticked off at the messenger, i.e. me. Mm -hmm. They should be. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Come over here and toilet paper the trees outside my window. You know, that's (laughs) that's what you should do. Go ahead. I mean, I'm I'm somewhere downtown. I guess I'm not going to give my address now after I just urged you to urge readers to TP the, the trees in downtown Orlando. But let me have it. Let me have it. Oh, oh, love it. Um, our last question is about Jonathan Isaac. He was the focus on Media Day. Um, just about his thoughts on getting the COVID vaccine. So we know Twitter's response. We know the internet's response. We know the national response to Jonathan Isaac, but what's, what's been the local reaction to him, both from his team and the fan base? It's a little bit tough to gauge the the team's response because I, right now the locker rooms are closed and, and you'd have a better sense of, of the chemistry if you were in there, at least I would. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But he, here in Orlando, you know, this is not the first time he's made a point that was such that it, it, it garnered headlines. Like he stood for, he stood within the bubble during the anthem at the height of, right. of um, the, the crisis regarding George Floyd. Right. Right. Um, and uh, for whatever it's worth, I was, I, I experienced, was expecting every everyone to kneel, and I, for good darn good reason. I I, sus, I suspect that people are not quite surprised that that um, Jonathan is willing to to um, be the brunt of, of criticism for a point that he wants to make. 
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the Internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Terms or restrictions apply. Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. Well, Josh, thank you so much for answering our questions, but it is now time to play the fastest growing game show on this podcast, Andrew versus the Beat, a game show each week where Andrew goes head to head against a NBA beat writer. This week, our guest, of course, Josh Robbins, magic beat writer for The Athletic. Josh, how this works, I've come up with eight trivia questions all about the Orlando Magic. Some of them are easy, some of them are hard. You will give me a number between one and eight that will correspond to a question. If you get it right, you'll get two points. If you get it wrong, Andrew have a chance to steal for one, then he will go. We'll go back and forth until all the questions have been asked and answered. So, start us off, Josh, with a number between one and eight. Can I just say first, you've got a perfect voice for this. Oh, thank you. I have, I have much experience. We do a trivia show on our on our other podcast. So, uh, yeah. All right, I'm bringing it very over. Good. Very good. Uh, I'm going to go with four. I'm going to go with four. Question number four. Yeah. This Orlando Magic player was the youngest player in NBA history to lead the league in rebounds and blocks per game. Name that player. Shaq. That is incorrect. Oh, man. Andrew, oh, no. with a chance to steal. Oh, my. Al, you make me think that it's not an obvious guy because you don't go obvious. Uh, goodness. I still am going to say Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard, final. That is correct. That's one of those 50-50 trivias where I feel like there are two good answers. The question is, so which one will you pick first? I'm so embarrassed. Josh, there's still time. There's still time. Don't get down on yourself now. You can you can make it all up. Uh, how how many shade? We're we're interacting here via Zoom. How many shades of red is my face? <laughs> no, you look great. Oh, I look great. great. You look cool well, as a well, bless you, but if it makes you feel better, Andrew lost eleven weeks in a row of this game at one point. Well, Think about no, how red his no. face was. And, <laughs> well, Andrew's my friend, and I mean, so are you, Alex. But so I don't want to see him suffering. And uh, oh, that's uh, the point of the game. We well, want yes, him to is. suffer. Well, yes, and and I get it. And uh, there's a lot of value to that for entertainment purposes. But for God's sake, I covered Dwight. I co- but not when he was <laughs> yeah. a rookie, or but. So there's a lot of egg on my face. All right, I'm. Just, let's. All right. Okay. Where were we? Andrew, it is your turn. <laughs> Choose a number. <laughs> Number one. Question number one. In the 2008-2009 season, three Orlando Magic players made the All-Star game. Name all three. So you have to give me all three names. I will not tell you if they are right or not until you have given me all three names. Can I steal this now? Uh, Can I steal now? Josh, Can I be aggressive? You and- steal. You cannot steal. Oh, okay. <laughs> Goes against the rules of the game. Uh, this is Dwight. Okay. I have to give you all three. You have to give me all three. Dwight Howard, Jameer Nelson. It's between two guys, and I can't remember which one made it. Was it Rashard Lewis? Andrew, that is correct. Yes. I figured it would come down. Great job. Well done. All right, Josh, we're back to you. You You're down three to zero, but you can get back two points right here. Wait a second, how did, with respect, with respect, how did Andrew get the third point? Well, so he got one point from stealing your original one, and then he got two points for answering his own question. You get two points if you get your own question right. All right, well, I'm in deep trouble here now. (laughs) Number two, I'm going to go with two. I've gotten one right. Question number two. Only one Magic player in franchise history 
has recorded at least five triple doubles in one season. Name that player. (laughs) (laughs) Five in one season. Okay. Only one Magic player has recorded at least five triple doubles in one season. I'm going to have to go with T-Mac on this. Tracy McGrady, that is incorrect. Andrew, you have a chance to steal for one point. Oh, my. Only one match. Is this Dwight? Dwight? Uh, No, I guess that is a good guess because of the blocks. But no, it was Alfred Payton. And wouldn't you know it, I covered the entirety of Alfred Payton's (laughs) career. Uh, I know Alfred well and vice versa. And oh man, <laughs> wow, I feel like we're just bringing Josh down today. Yes, you are, and <laughs> yes. you're, and I'm being humiliated in front, I'm being humiliated in front of uh, my beloved readers. Well, oh, how, are okay. they, how are they? How are they? No, they'll still wanna... love you. Uh, All right, Andrew, know. it's your turn. Uh, I'll go eight. Question number eight Who holds the magic franchise record? For most made threes in a season. Oh, man. Most this has a, made this has threes been a theme here. in a season. I always say, this is how I always start my answer, is it's got to be a modern player. Okay. Um, Whittling it down. But I don't know who that would be. It could be Richard. He's probably pretty high on that list. What about 3D? What about Dennis Scott? He took a, just a crap ton of loud. Andrew, that is correct. Oh, man. From 1996-1997 season, Dennis Scott. Andrew, I did not know you knew so much about the Orlando Magic. Yeah, neither did I. My Shaq team. That's my Shaq team, man. This is this is when I was a kid following Shaq. I loved I loved those teams. I feel like we're hustling Josh right now. You're you knowing all these magic questions? He's being bamboozled. That's right. That's right, man. This stuff, this kind of thing doesn't happen on wait, wait, don't tell me. And and I'll tell you, I would have gotten that one right. And same with the, the Rashard, Jameer, and, and Dwight. Now, no one's going to believe me. Yeah. I'm like the boy who, quiet, who cried wolf. <laughs> man, I'm losing well, you, all credibility in life here. You still have a chance. The game is not over. Come on. Let's let's be it. All right. Yes, the game is not over. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a tremendous comeback Number seven, please. Question number seven. Excluding new Magic coach Jamal Mosley, how many current NBA coaches have coached the Orlando Magic? Okay, are you? Can I ask for a clarification, please? Mm, yes. Are you talking about current head coaches? Yes, current NBA head coaches. So they are coaching in the NBA right now. Who have coached the Orlando Magic at some point in their career? How many are there? And I'm not permitted to look at a list of teams. Is that correct? That is also correct. Okay. So Frank Vogel is certainly one of them. And I'm so desperate to get a question right that I'm going to take my old sweet time here. I'll tell you. (laughs) My old sweet time. Huh. A lot riding on this question. Yeah, you bet there's a lot riding on this question. (laughs) There's a a ton riding on this question for good, for God's sake. (laughs) Um. All right, so Frank is one of them, that's for sure. I'm going through every doggone team I can think of. <laughs> and you don't necessarily have to give me the oh, names. James Borrego. James Borrego, if you're counting an interim coach. Which I would if that was if if that was correct, I would count okay. an interim All right. coach. So <laughs> wow. I mean I want this answer. Because Lord knows I've covered enough coaching changes and coaching searches. Which I'm happy to do. I'm happy to do my job, but Stan is not in the league right now. Jacques is a lead assistant right now. James Borrego replaced Jacques right now. I've replaced Jacques. He's a coach. Scott is out of the Scott Skiles out of the league. Frank, Steve Clifford is a cons- all right. So I'm going to say two. Two coaches, current NBA coaches who have coached your own Magic. Josh, that is. Incorrect. 
Andrew. Oh my God. I, I know how I got that wrong. And I'm so Josh, damn embarrassed. Josh, I know who you forgot. Oh, I, I know who you forgot. I feel bad for even saying it. Well, just, like, I feel, just tell I the even, truth. I don't even want to say just it. Tell the truth. Want to say I'm going to say it. I'm going to give you this. You've got it right. It's Doc Rivers. For, God, for goodness Doc, sake. Yeah. How I couldn't have done that. You see, I was Three. feeling so guilty for taking so long that I rushed myself. <laughs> Oh, I did, did the I did the opposite of what I did when I drove onto that onto I four off the on ramp. <laughs> hopefully my hopefully my humiliation here and I am embarrassed. Hopefully this will it's outweighed by the humor factor and the the enjoyment of this. <laughs> right. Well, I'm actually just shocked about how much Andrew knows about the magic. I thought these were. Hard I would have not gotten James Borrego, by the way. I would have not hey, gotten the James Borrego one. I don't remember that. Well, you're, you're, hey, Andrew, you're doing great. You're doing. No need to make me feel better. No need to make me feel better. <laughs> Andrew, there's uh, three questions left. Three, five, and six. Okay, I'll go. I'll go three. All right. Question number three. On January twenty third, two thousand and twelve, the Orlando Magic set an NBA record. For fewest field goals made in a game with only 16 made shots, we are going to try to name every Magic player who played on that fateful night. How this will work, Andrew, you will give me a name of someone who played in that game on January 23rd, 2012. Then we'll go to Josh. We'll go back and forth until one of you stumbles. Oh, wow. So th- uh, Dwight? Dwight Howard, that is correct. Over to Josh. Okay, Jameer. That is correct. Back to Andrew. Uh, Hedo Turkaloo. That is correct. Back to Josh. Okay, Jay Rich. Jason Richardson. That is correct. You've gotten four of them so far. Hey, was this game, by the way, in Boston? Uh, yes, it was. It was okay. I remember that game. Um, I was there. <laughs> <laughs> um. JJ Redick? JJ Redick is correct. Name five of them so far. Back to Josh, who was at the game. Was at the game and covered the game <laughs> and is scared to death to give the next answer in case I'm wrong. <laughs> I mean, it would just be terrible if I got this wrong, wouldn't it? I mean, it would just be terrible. I, okay. I mean, um, yes, it would be. I mean, this would be humiliating. Just. The word humiliating I've used too often, but unfortunately it's true. Okay, I'm going to go with Ryan Anderson. Ryan Anderson, that is... Correct. Correct! Don't don't leave me hanging here. (laughs) (laughs) All right, back to Andrew. Oh, boy. Biggest magic fan in the world, Andrew Schleck, knows all about the team. (laughs) Let's hear it, Andrew. I don't know that I remember this. I can't remember if this was his. I can't remember his draft hey, class. Was Andrew Nicholson on this team? Andrew Nicholson. That is incorrect. No. Which means Josh gets the points. If I really yell at the top of my lungs, will that blow out uh, any sort of technological equipment? <laughs> no, no, no. It'll be actually very welcomed. Uh, well, the, the moment's passed, but I, I am so excited. I am so excited. Now, can I just try to, to, to answer some more names? You know what? I'll do you one better. If you, for every name you give me, I will give you a point. You already got the one. All right. Well, I, that, I don't, I'm not here for charity. I mean, I, it's I, not I, charity. It's about making the game <laughs> more, more exciting at the end. Oh, okay. Yes. All right. So let's go for this here. Chris here Duhon. That is correct. All right. Chris that's Duhon. wonderful. Oh. Gortat was traded that season. That's how Hito got back. That's how Jay Rich was there. Um, man, I, in a game like this, I would think that an Earl Clark got some moments, some minutes. You would be mm. absolutely correct, Josh. That's another one. Can you run the table? Doubtful, given my track record. Uh, Glenn Davis. Big baby Davis in the news. Uh, would you please give me the pleasure of hearing you say correct? Oh, that is correct, right, Josh. You. you got it. <laughs> All right, I needed that satisfaction there. I mean, pathetic. Now there, you I, will, me I will tell you, uh, there are four names left. One, there's no. I would be shocked if you got it. The other three, possibly, but be very hard. 
this as is my reminder, chance. As a reminder, oh. Josh was at the game. Gilbert. Don't forget Gilbert. Gilbert. That is incorrect because he did not play mm. in the game. Ugh. He may have been on the team. That was a good run, though. The names you left off, Quentin Richardson, Q Rich. You got Jay Rich. Uh, Vaughn Wafer. Larry Hughes, and then the name I've never heard before, Justin Harper. Justin Harper. So Justin Harper was a a magic draft pick who wound up playing in France during the lockouts to begin with in the lockout season. And uh, second round draft pick. Uh, His 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 name is forever enshrined in this famous game. Well, (laughs) all right. So, well, Josh, great news. (laughs) <laughs> by some miracle you have now caught up you're now only two back of andrew that's and it ca- is and it is your up. turn it's your turn but you could you could tie it up right here question number five or question number six uh, uh are there any questions that i can answer about this year's team please opinion questions one, one of them is close oh, oh oh boy okay five five and that was it who led the Orlando Magic in minutes played last season. <laughs> Total minutes played last season? Total minutes played. Who played the most amount of minutes for the Orlando oh, Magic? I, w- I would think that'd be Dwayne Bacon. That is correct! And we have a tie game going into Whoa, the well, final question. Tight. Okay, so we are now, final question. Now, Andrew gets first dibs on this. If Andrew gets it right, he wins the game. But if he gets it wrong, Josh will have a chance to steal for the win. Andrew, here's the question. Prior to Orlando being awarded an NBA franchise, a name a team contest was held in the local newspaper to decide the name of the future NBA team. Which of the following names was not one of the four finalists in the contest? Of course, Magic was one of them. Which one of these following was not one of the four finalists? Heat, Tropics, Stars, or Juice? Once again, that is Heat, Tropics, Stars, Juice. Which of those was not one of the four finalists? Hmm. Stars? The Orlando Stars. Was that one of the four finalists in the Orlando Magic Name a Team contest in 1986? No, it was not, and Andrew has won the game. Oh, it was. With a final <laughs> score of seven to six. Yes. Hey, hey, I'm. Congratulations, Andrew. 100%. Well done. You've earned it. Alex, oh. great job um, doing that. Great work. And um, hey, what can I say? I got beat. Fair and square. <laughs> Fair and square. Fair and square. Josh, thanks so much for coming on the show. Be sure to go read Josh Robbins all season on The Athletic, uh, please, because he's just a joy. Thank you so much, Josh. Do I have to be nice? After I, you don't have, you can do whatever. No, no, you want. my pleasure. You whatever you my want pleasure. To be. No, this was, this was the most fun I've had all week. Thank you, thank you. And uh, I'm really not that upset that I lost, but certainly a little bit embarrassed. So. <laughs> Okay, so that wraps up Orlando Magic Week. Who will be the team next week? Our final team before the start of the season. Who will be the team on this week's Wheel of Fandom? Let's spin the wheel. We've got a lot of teams on there. Uh, I think we have eight, seven or eight left. Who's it going to be? It is the Houston Rockets. Jalen Green, Alperin Shingoon, Josh Christopher, Usman Garuba. Let's do it. Let's do it. Kelly Eco has got to come on the pod to talk Rockets. A very interesting team that has kind of turned their fortunes around very quickly from... I was was reading uh, preseason storylines from last season. This time last year, Russell Westbrook and James Harden still on the Rockets. Isn't that wild? It is crazy. So crazy to think about. So really looking forward to having Kelly on the show. Uh, Before we go, I'm going to read an Apple podcast review. If you want to have your review read on the podcast, be sure to go leave a review. Uh, Mention Slam and Jam, and it will be read on the show. So here is today's 
uh, review. This is from my guy, Jesse Smith. He says, Slam and Jam with Andrew and Alex is great. It's hard to believe these guys never met before recording the first episode a few months ago. Even more impressive that they've been able to hide their animosity towards each other, although you can feel it bubbling up from just under the surface. This hatred started on a Down to Dunk Thursday pod, my favorite Down to Dunk day. It's commendable that they've held it together in order to bring fans of the show their lighthearted yet well thought out and insightful commentary. Must be the great guests that act as glue to keep this whole thing from crumbling. Good work, fellas. From Jesse Smith. Thank you, Jesse, for that heartfelt review of our show. We appreciate it. If you want your review read on the show, please leave those on Apple Podcasts. Just search The Athletic NBA Show. Leave five stars and leave some text there too. So, all right, Al, preseason is not going to go on forever. We are going to have a preview all next week will be season preview for the athletics. So please make sure that you check out all the shows that will drop Monday through Saturday and hope you guys have a great weekend. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.